Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast. In this podcast, we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we do tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors too. Hello podcast listeners, I'm Alan Collins. And I'm Sam Barker, hello. And today we are going to be talking about a very high profile case that's been in the media, and that is of the young person who was prosecuted in Cyprus for what I would describe as an allegation of wasting police time. I think out there it was caused, called a creating a public mischief. And this, of course, has raised quite a lot of attention here in the UK about the fact she was prosecuted subsequently. Yeah. And yeah. The, the state of, I guess, some of their court systems. Well, I think what we can usefully talk about is the issue of consent. Quite clearly, from the media reports, neither me nor you, Sam, are in a position to know who what, who did what to who, who's telling the truth, who isn't, what happened and all the rest of it. Yeah. So I think that it's unnecessary for us to try and unravel all of that because I think that would be impossible for us to do because we don't know enough and it would be wrong to make an attempt because there's a lot of very strong feeling, a lot of high emotion, understandably, and, you know, there's been quite a number of media reports and so on. But basically, my understanding is the non-controversial bit of the story is is that we're dealing with a young person who was in Cyprus and was in a she relationship made a, or yeah, something with this, yes, as this I understand soccer, it. Was it a soccer player? Something like yeah, yeah, as I understand it. And she made a very serious allegation involving uh, a number of young Israeli men. Very serious allegations. The case against them was dropped. And she, as it's reported, is saying that she was pressurised to drop her allegations and she ended up being prosecuted for wasting police time or out there um, creating a, a, a public mischief. And she's ended up receiving a suspended prison sentence for that. So for me, Sam, I think this is a good case for us to think about what we often have to think about in these sorts of cases, the evidential burden. Exactly. So it's one of those cases that shows quite starkly how difficult these kind of cases can be to make out in court. And also how, you know, when there's a number of people, i.e. this this, this soccer team and the people who are involved, who are saying one thing and, and the victim saying another, how difficult it is to balance that up and um, give it weight in court. Obviously, the pressure of that evidence or whatever it was that came, came across from, was given to the police, caused the complainant to drop to drop the allegations. But I think there's also been some suggestion that she was pressured to do so. Indeed, there's been a lot of criticism, rightly or wrongly, but certainly a lot of criticism on the way the complaint was dropped, yeah. which comes back to trying to understand the evidential burden because particularly with these high-profile cases, they bring into stark relief the fact that you have to prove whether you're prosecuting or bringing the case that these allegations of sexual assault 
are made out, and that's a high burden. Absolutely, uh, and the weight know. of the evidence that you have to bring, you know, it's the, the weight of this, even kind of metaphorically speaking, on the person who is making the allegation can be such can be such that people don't bring the case. And that's yeah. been seen in, in the UK where there's been underreporting of rape allegations or incidents of rape because people are understandably so concerned about the scrutiny they're going to be put under if they are making this allegation they have to be cross-examined. And that's why it's a very specialised area of law because it, cre- it requires considerable knowledge of the law and evidence to be able to stand a reasonable chance to successfully prosecute these cases, to bring these cases unsuccessfully before a court. Mm. And we have to remember that a lot of these allegations take place behind closed doors. You have a lack of independent witnesses, for want of a better term. And as I understand it in this particular case, apparently there was footage on an iPhone or iPhones, and all that has to be interpreted. Obviously Uh, horrible behaviour from whoever's filming this and bring it into the you know it, it's quite it's quite a shocking case when you when you read the details of yeah it. you know the more you think about it and the more you read you think stroof you know it's it, it's terrible and of course we had the recent case up in manchester where the sexual offender was actually filming his drugged victims as he was sexually assaulting them hmm. and the jury in those cases had to watch this footage in order to determine guilt or otherwise. And obviously, from what they saw, they um, determined guilt. But anyway, this all comes back to evidence that has to be placed before a court for a court to be able to discharge its functions and determine guilt guilt or otherwise. And in this case, it never even got to that point because of who knows what happened. And of course, the case, yeah, exactly. And of course, the case highlights again the issue that we have to deal with which is one of consent and we dealt with that in a recent podcast but again it's you've got to be able to prove what happened and of course if there's a defense of consent you've got to be able to demonstrate that that was not a reasonable belief or that consent was absent either in full or in in part of whatever was was taking place Indeed, in this case, there could have been no consent to the filming as well. You know, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's something yeah. that, you know, if there's 11 people in a room, and you know, is there consent to all of these different acts? It's, that's um, right. Yeah, it's a good point. I haven't seen that mentioned, actually. Um, so good thinking on that point, Sam, because, again, you know, did the, did the victim, um, in this case, or victims in other um, cases where this happened, actually consent to whatever was taking place in the bedroom or wherever, being filmed. Yeah, and of course, you know, it, it also brings into light the, the standards of this football team or over there. What was it, a soccer team from, from Israel? Israel, apparently. Yeah, well, you know, it, it is, we have this soccer team that's engaging in this kind of conduct. You would you would hope that the reputation of the club suffers immensely and that there's, you know, that there's some repercussions there, if not the criminal repercussions that we're going to and occur in Cyprus. Well, regardless of the, you know, the moral aspect of it all and, and that, in that sense, but as my understanding is that the, the Israeli end of all of this of saying that they've done nothing wrong and um, um, they're saying, as I understand it, that the prosecution of the young person concerned was justified and, and so on. So, which brings back t- into stark relief, you know, you've got polarised positions in respect of all of this, which is not unusual in these 
these, yeah, these we're seeing sorts protesting of cases. Here, yeah. Protesting at the airport and all of that. So, yeah, absolutely what you're saying there is so true that it is polarising. So... A very interesting case, obviously extremely upsetting for all those involved and so on, but from a legal point of view, it's interesting because it does create interesting legal questions and also policy considerations because lots of people have pointed out that this case highlights the problem for victims of sexual assault coming forward and having their complaints prosecuted and pursued so that they get some, some semblance of justice, no matter how imperfect. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to see the end of... I don't think this is the end of that case. I've been seeing it pop up in the media again and again now, even, yeah. even on her return. So we'll follow it. Yeah, and um, listeners, if you think you can contribute to this conversation, then pl- please do get in touch with us. You never know, you might be able to join us on our future podcast. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Google Play. If you would like to speak to Alan or I about something you have heard this week, or even if you would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please do get in touch at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk 